So I think on Wednesday, I had a really good day where I did loads of work. And then other days, I just haven't been able to. But anyway, we're going to talk about all this. It's quite weird not having Chris to tell us like when to start. <laughs> we miss Chris. Welcome to Is This Working? A podcast that questions how modern work impacts our lives. The tools we use to work have changed drastically, but how we work hasn't. In this podcast, we explore how we can make work work better for us. We're your hosts, me, Anna Codrarado. And me, Tiffany Philippou. This show isn't about the future of work. This is about what's happening in work right now. Hi, Tiffany. Hi, Anna. We're not in the studio today. Well, I am, but I'm alone. Yeah, we're not. And I miss your face. And I feel like I'm talking to my kitchen. Yeah, I'm, I've got the microphone in front of me and have the computer screen, but you're not here. So yeah, for anyone who hasn't realized yet, we are recording the podcast remotely and we will be doing for the foreseeable future, which is our, basically, this is what social distancing and working from home looks like for for us and this podcast uh but anyway so yeah if there's any changes in sound quality that will be it so please do bear with us whilst we bring you this podcast remotely and also before we start today's show we do have something really important to ask you dear listeners so right now it's more important than ever to be supporting creators So people who make podcasts, artists, musicians, anyone who makes any kind of content, whether it's online or physical, our work is precarious at the best of times, but right now everything is up in the air. So one way that you can help us immediately, and it doesn't cost you anything, and if you haven't already done it, please do subscribe to the the podcast, leave us a review on Apple, Apple, and also share this podcast with your friends. it would make a huge difference to us and it's going to help us keep the show going. And also for anyone listening who works for a company and might be in a position to sponsor the show, please do get in touch with us. Our email is, is this working show at gmail.com. And we'll also put a link to that in the show notes. So thank you very much for that. And on with today's show. Tiff, are you actually getting any work done? Is anyone getting any work done? I feel like this week has been completely bizarre uh, for everybody. Yeah, I mean, I'm really struggling to concentrate. And what I find really interesting, or I, I guess really telling, is that, so for me, nothing has actually changed. You know, I already work from home. My partner, our lovely producer, Chris, also already was working from home. So navigating all of that was something that we were already doing. And our day to day, I mean, obviously, bar the fact that we aren't really going anywhere, hasn't nothing is nothing is really different. And yet, I feel it's been so hard for me to concentrate. I've barely got anything done this week. And that I mean, that to me, that really says that 
this is much this is so much bigger than just a change in environment or a change in the way we work this is obviously there's kind of a sort of latent sense of anxiety that's just permeating all of us exactly and i especially for people who are used to going to an office they've got that anxiety and now on top of that they're adjusting to a new work situation because again like you not actually that much in my life has changed i am now sharing my workspace um with my flatmate um lara hi lara but um and she's hiding away in her room as i record this so we both are kind of having to move around each other but even still um as you say like not actually that much has changed i'm used to work i'm used to working from home and i'm still finding it a bit of a struggle and i can't even imagine how much harder that might be for people who are used to going into an office every day how are you navigating sharing your workspace because i think there's a couple of things going on once i mean i know that when i used to work from home with someone who didn't work from home if they ever did i'd find that really strange and kind of difficult to navigate but then also this is you know this is an indefinite or it's not you know this is going to go on for a while so how are you guys kind of navigating that yeah i mean it's really hard because especially um I'm used to a, uh, the, the whole space and like moving around and complete silence and, um, uh, you know, adjust, adjusting to that, but also you're adjusting to that within a context where you're feeling very anxious as well. So it's, it's again, this like mass anxiety that everyone's experiencing means that no one's behaving normally. These aren't normal circumstances. Um, but we're doing well in the sense that, uh, like with all good relationships, you have to if you you always believe everyone's trying their best and doing the best they can and it's sort of i find with relationships when you stop believing that in the other person often there's a bit of a breakdown um so luckily we're in a good place with regards to that uh and also just really clear communicating and being considerate and trying to work around each other um and yeah like so and i'm i've got a bit of a workspace in my room uh, so I can go in there when she's having a conference call in here and yeah obviously I'm in the living room now doing this recording and she's in her room so we just have everyone has to just be flexible but uh, you know I, f- I feel for people who might be in flat shares with multiple people because it's 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 really hard yeah and then of course starting from next week people the schools are now all closed here in the UK and people's kids are going to be home with them and that's going to be another kind of minefield to navigate um so yeah i just really really feel for people um because you know i've seen a lot of posts on social about couples struggling to navigate their workspace together and you know the reality is as someone who has been working with their partner from home for a long time it's something that you don't it's not just you flip a switch and you know how to do it it's something that takes a bit of practice and takes really good communication and also kind of getting used to as well because it's the complete inverse to what we're used to where you know in it's socially acceptable to not spend all of your time with your partner we all expect that actually we go out to work and we don't spend time with our partner and so we kind of don't know how to move around this dynamic where we're all on top of each other all of the time. Yeah, and and feeling very anxious at the same time, which I imagine does not help the the vibes of the situation as well. It's not like two people have been like, oh great, let's both choose to work from home and let's create this new life together. Like it's been thrusted unprepared on everybody. 
Um, and I think that's really unsettling. The, I, I think we should talk a bit more about kind of this communal, this collective anxiety that we will have because I've been thinking a lot about that lately and I really do hope of, I think, I mean, I think the impact of coronavirus is going to be monumental in so many, so many ways, not least, you know, I think it's going to absolutely completely overhaul work and work culture. Uh, But what I find, I really hope that it will bring more acceptability into the workplace of talking about mental health on on a real level. So I know that the mental health conversation has advanced so far, you know, even in the last five years, but now everyone is experiencing this communal anxiety and it does feel like it's more acceptable to talk about that. And, and I do think that most people, most workplaces are very aware that all of their employees are really struggling. And I'm hoping that there is kind of an openness and there is kind of a conversation happening around it. I mean, I can see it in the media in all of and every recommendation about how to work well from home, there is a huge section on mental health, and it seems to be something that is really being actually taken seriously. And this, it's almost like there's been a step change in the nature of the conversation around it. So I really, I don't know. How do you? What do you think? Do you think that this is something that we're going to be thinking more about, and we're going to be kind of better at? not just recognizing mental health issues in the workplace, but also taking them more seriously and and giving people more space. I think that, uh, well, I hope that you're right in your prediction. I'm confident that people are beginning their conference calls by asking how everyone's feeling. And I think ages ago, we talked on one of our past episodes about how in the workplace, you should be allowed to communicate what's going on a little bit at the before you have a meeting so everyone knows what's going on in everyone's sort of psyche or whatever to set the tone but now that's obviously happening very naturally where teams are saying how's everyone feeling what's going on and as you say everyone's going through it together and it's becoming much more normalized to say I feel anxious I feel scared and everyone's going through it at the same time so I think you're completely right that it's it's going to be a bit more normalized Um, and I think longer term that'll be great I think in the short term that I personally find the collective mass anxiety quite tricky um, because you've got people's that bouncing off each other and people dealing with things in different ways and that can cause clashing. So in a work context, people, some people who are feeling anxious and uncertain uh, and are suddenly working from home might be reaching out a lot and trying to communicate a lot and try and react and do to like get control over situation and then other people might be victim to that who might respond to that by more by being more with withdrawing and needing their own space and so you I think you have now online whether it's on like slack channels or conference calls everyone's like stress kind of playing out and bouncing against each other as well so I think this kind of collective mass anxiety makes it it makes it really complicated to deal with does that does that kind of yeah, definitely. Yeah, it definitely makes sense. And also, it's it it kind of raises an issue that I've been hearing from people who are who are working in teams and now working remotely. So obviously, you know, me and you, we already work at home, but we work for ourselves. So we're not really other than you know clients and each other. We don't really deal with people on a regular basis. But there are most people 
out there are doing their regular jobs. They're just doing it remotely. And what I've been hearing from a lot of my friends who are trying to kind of navigate this, and especially people who are kind of in the positions where they're organizing their team's remote working effort, what they're, what they're struggling with is, is the volume of calls because everyone wants to be talking and there's a lot of calls flying around the place. And it's almost kind of trying to calibrate what should be a call, what should be a Slack message, what should be an email, um, you know, how available should I be? Is, is the call the new meeting? All of these things. And as you've said, it's trying to figure out how to work well remotely. And on top of that, it's trying to figure out how to work well remotely in the midst of a global pandemic when everyone is really, really stressed out and scared. It's, it's, just, it's just a lot. And it's interesting because I'm someone who, you know, I'm very happy, you know, doing my own thing. And I'm quite a sort of like introverted person who's very happy, can, you know, can happily while away hours sort of entertaining, either entertaining myself or even just sort of like working alone. And I absolutely hate being interrupted. However, right now, the way my anxieties are playing up is I'm, I have this urge to speak to people. And so I've been calling people and I've been on the phone a lot more because I just have this, it's this, I guess it's this, um, I mean, this is complete cod psychology here, but it's some kind of primal urge to connect and to do that talking with people because obviously I can't physically be with them. So I want to talk to them. So I imagine that's probably why a lot of people who are in office situations, they're really desperate to talk to each other on the phone. Yeah, because it's definitely something I'm finding socially as well. In, interestingly, as the extrovert in this couple, I, <laughs> I haven't felt the same need to reach out to people. Um, and, I, and I know that sounds weird, but I, I, I guess I, just, I almost feel like, because my life hasn't changed that much, I don't feel like there's suddenly loads of time for calls or whatever. Or may, maybe I just feel quite overwhelmed by the influx of contact as well from people on group chats or whatever. I don't know what it is, but I don't necessarily feel that same. If anything, I find it overwhelming what's happening with people trying to connect. And I completely hear that as well. Um, But I think it's that you kind of touched on this as well, that people, some people, when they are stressed, they sort of lean forward and other people lean back. Oh, I'm such a lean back. Yeah. And I think I'm a lean forward kind of person. Um, and I'm sort of someone who, if I've had an argument with someone, I want to resolve it really quickly. And I'm sort of the person who's always being told that to like give the other person space sort of thing. Um, so yeah, I think, and then, you know, that's the thing is that we all respond to things in different ways and it's really important to be cognizant of that and A, to be really self-aware of how you behave, how, you know, you as an individual behave under stress and also be mindful that other people might not respond in the same way and they might have different needs yeah because i um i was in nicholas lawson hi nicola uh single the single supplement newsletter today and i was talking about how i know that i withdraw when i'm anxious and shut down basically when i'm really stressed i just sleep loads and i know that i but at the same time i'm a social healer so when i reach out to people I feel a lot better. So it's, I, I need to uncomfortably force myself to do that. But then there are other people who maybe need to sort of hold back overly 
doing the kind of reaching out to people as well so everyone's trying this is the problem with this mass anxiety thing like if I just was experiencing it by myself and everyone else was being normal around me that would be much easier to deal with than everyone rubbing up against each other with their own fears yeah definitely definitely um but the other the other kind of point I'll make on that is I was talking about this with someone who has really really severe anxiety anyway and they were saying that, and we were talking about whether or not um, they were more or less or more stressed during this whole situation. And they said that they actually weren't because for the first time in their lives, everyone else feels what they feel on a daily basis. And I thought that was really, really profound because like I said earlier about how this is going to change how we think about mental health. For anyone listening right now who's sort of experiencing you know severe anxiety as a result of of what's going on that's for some people that's their lives all the time um so i just i really hope that one of the long-term impacts of this will be compassion and understanding that some people live their lives basically kind of how we how we're all feeling right now well there you go that's a positive end for that piece um should we hit the water cooler Yep. So we've got a new segment for you, the water cooler. You can't be with your colleagues to talk about what you're up to on the weekend or what you've been watching. So we're here for you to um, basically talk some nonsense. (laughs) And after that, we'll tackle the problem of how to concentrate during these difficult times. But see you at the water cooler, Anna. Welcome to the good, good to see you in the kitchen or the water cooler or whatever. Oh yeah, nice to bump into you here, Tiffany. Um, what have you What have you been up to lately? What have you been watching on TV? Well, m- me and my housemate Lara have set ourselves um, a new project because we've been reading about how it's such a good time for new projects. So, what we're doing is we're going to watch The Wire, which um, has been on my bucket list for years and years. And I've never got round to it. And now we're watching The Wire. So we've watched about five episodes now. It's definitely a slow burn. Have you, have you ever watched it? I haven't, no. But I always felt like it kind of fe- it sort of fell into that genre of TV where you had The Wire and Breaking Bad and Sopranos, sort of kind of pre-Netflix um, shows. Yeah, it's, uh, The Sopranos is also on our list. But now is the perfect time to watch those shows that when you're in um previous times uh you're never really in the mood to watch them whereas now it feels like we've got it's it's really you kind i i want tv that kind of isn't it is a bit it's kind of hard work but apparently it gets more like it, it it kind of captures you a bit more over time but we're like sticking with it and it just feels really fulfilling to have to like finally do this thing that I've been wanting to do for 10 years. So it's really interesting because I am taking the complete opposite approach with my TV consumption during Corona and I'm gravitating really heavily towards comfort, comfort TV. So in our household, we each have our 
one go-to or a couple of go-to shows that when whenever we're feeling really really stressed those are are like super kind of comfort blankets and for me it's friends and for chris that is brooklyn 99 and at the moment we are binging on brooklyn 99 um and it's just we put those we put these shows on and it just makes me feel really really cozy and very comforted um and the other thing we've been watching quite a lot of is we've been watching pretty much we've gone through every single dog show on netflix and on channel four and the one that i absolutely loved which we started watching last weekend kind of sort of at the beginning of all of what as the because i felt that sort of last weekend was when the panic really started to escalate and that was almost when i was feeling really i suppose at my worst um and we watched this show called the dog house on channel four where it's all filmed in a dog rescue center and they match owners with rescue dogs so they take these dogs that have had either you know they've needed to be rehomed for lots of different reasons and they take owners and they kind of match them and it is so heartwarming and i just sobbed throughout it but in that really kind of cathartic way and yeah so i'm just i'm kind of really gravitating towards shows that just like really feel good like very easy shows um and definitely avoiding anything that is um in any way kind of scary or or also kind of i don't really want to watch anything new because i sort of need to know that things will pan out okay i mean bar those dog dog shows that i've been watching but i just i don't want any surprises i guess yeah, I guess it goes, it's like what we were saying earlier about people having opposite reactions to managing their um, their anxieties and things like that. But um, you're looking very good. Are you, uh, <laughs> are you still, are you, how are you still working out at the moment or what, what else is going on? Well, um, I'm not working. So I normally would be going to, so I'm kind of go to the gym and do a lot of Pilates. That's my regular workout. And I'm not obviously not doing either of those. So um my workout is actually at the moment uh, running, well, not running with, but exercising the dogs. So we've taken in a foster dog who is a big overweight Labrador um, who needs quite a lot of exercise. So I'm spending a lot of time in the park with him, um, either walking him to parks or kind of throwing the ball from him, throwing the ball for him. So most of my exercise is walking based. Um, but it's, and it, I mean, it's really good because it's keep getting me out getting me outside and also kind of interacting with the dog is also just very comforting as well. So that is how I'm dealing with my fitness. For me, fitness became kind of another thing to worry about during quarantine because, um, well, I'm not in quarantine, but during um, social distancing, because there's lots of advice out there that says, you know, keep moving, keep active, do home workouts. And funnily enough, I'm actually someone who can quite easily do a home workout under normal circumstances. But now, because I think I'm, it's like another thing to feel the pressure of. And it's another thing to kind of be like, oh God, I need to be working out because I need to make sure that I'm keeping mentally sane. So I'm quite glad that actually I've got this really nice way to exercise that I don't even have to think about and is keeping me healthy and it is keeping my mind well, but it is not kind of just another added pressure. Um, how about you? I know you've been, um, you've also been doing some outdoor exercise. I've started running um, around the Emirates and, uh, and, and um, Highbury fields. Yeah, I think um, 
I, I'm not a natural runner. I never have been. It reminds me of uh, at school just hating life. But I, and I absolutely, I really love going to the gym and like lifting weights and like putting my weights in, you know, like an app of how much you've lifted and all that kind of geeky stuff. Um, but because my priority right now is my well-being, I find that the meditation of going outside and running and being outside is um, such a game changer. And no matter how bad I've been feeling, I sort of drag, I can spot when I'm feeling bad and drag myself out and it's such a game changer. So for me, that's what I've been doing. And I feel very lucky that I'm able to do that for now. Uh, So yeah, I think just getting outside makes a really huge difference and adapting as well because it was really, um, I sort of I sort of stopped going to the gym um, a while ago now because of what was been happening. And it was really hard. Like it's a sacrifice and it feels really uncomfortable pulling yourself away from it. But now I've got used to running. I'm like, oh, well, you know, it's like you get used to the new normal, I guess. And yeah, but my back hurts a little bit from it. So, <laughs> um, well, yeah, I mean, I right now we're recording this on a Sunday, right when I would be on my way to my Sunday morning Pilates class, which was my, you know, non-negotiable every Sunday morning I was there and it was one of my, the favorite parts of my week. And it's just not the same doing it at home. So that's kind of also why I've just, um, I'm sort of exercising in a different way because I found it, I kind of, I don't know, to follow, I mean, uh, yes, watching YouTube videos and you can do a really good workout, but for me, it's not the same. Like there is a ritual for me to walk to the gym, do my Pilates class with my favorite instructor and then go and have a steam afterwards. Like that was my, one of my kind of like real Sunday treats. So, but anyway, as you say, it's a new normal and I'm counting my blessings because getting to run around the park with a big dopey Labrador is, it's just, it's so so lovely and so heartwarming so um anyway what else have you what else have you been up to in social social isolation not much really um i've been reading quite a bit i just finished adults by emma jane unsworth which was cool um and i still have a couple of new yorkers to get through um but yeah by the time i do all those activities uh, i feel like the day goes pretty quickly how about you what have, what have you been up to um, I have been learning to play the guitar. So Chris has been teaching me how to play the guitar. And so far I've learned the first couple of bars to um, Seven Nation Army. Classic, it's very easy. Um, but that's been quite fun. And also I've been, um, I've just been tidying and cleaning the house loads. So I've become really sort of preoccupied with keeping the house on sort of get keeping on top of house stuff because normally I'm kind of I'm I like I like things to be tidy but right now I really want things to be tidy and I think it's partly because I feel like it I feel safe at home and so I just want to keep my surroundings nice and comfortable around me so yeah those those are the kind of things I've been getting on with really yeah I'm a big believer in where, where you can find order when there's chaos going on outside um, and small things like making sure you always make your bed and things like that, I think make a huge difference to your mental well-being. Um, well, this was a great chat. Let's, um, let's get back on with the show. So I got a message from a gal called Nicole who said that the problem she's dealing with at the moment is that she finds it so hard to focus 
She says, I work way less than I usually do, despite being used to home office and all that. But those, the constant news is making me crazy. Shorter pieces are okay, but as soon as I need to write something long and a little bit trickier, I struggle. It's unfortunate because I have a big cover story to write and should really focus. So can you help? What do we think? I, I mean, c- concentration is a real problem for me as well. Yeah, for me too. I mean, I'm really struggling to focus. So I really, really uh, sympathize with what she's saying. And it, and it really, you know, I, I'm going through a really similar thing, basically. Um, I mean, I look back over the last week and I don't really know why I did. Um, I, I'm, you know, my output is kind of about a tenth of what it normally is. But something that I have been thinking about is, um, and it's something we say a lot, you know, kind of, True productivity is has to be sustainable and productivity is not about kind of churning out more in less time. It's about working in a way that actually works for you. And right now this is not, you know, it's, it's almost impossible to be productive. Um, and something I saw, I mean, there's so much being shared on, on social media, but something I saw that really stuck with me is that um, staying home and following the rules and, and, you know, self-isolating, social distancing, all of that, that is actually a form of productivity right now. You're actually, the impact you're having is massive. You're helping key workers, you're helping the NHS, you're helping prevent people from getting sick. And so, yeah, it's really hard and really scary, especially for us freelancers who, if we don't work, we don't get paid. At the same time, these are extraordinary circumstances. Um, And it's really important, I think, to at least try and be kind to yourself and not beat yourself up too much because A, everyone else is in the same boat and B, um, this isn't a time to be trying to be ultra productive. It will get better. I think that last week was probably the worst week. And I think that in a week or two, we'll be in a new normal. And I have that faith and hope and so I believe that my brain will come back and I will be able to concentrate better and I'll readjust. And I think, as you said, Anna, um, be kind to yourself because that time will come where you will be able to work and you will feel more calm about everything. And in the meantime, just don't try and be productive. This is not the time for productivity. Do whatever it takes to survive. And I literally just take one day at a time right now because as you said, it's, it's scary time. It's, I think people are scared who have jobs as well because despite the government stuff, um, some companies are still laying people off. I think everyone has different, everyone's frightened and um, about losing their jobs, about not being able to get work and um, money as well. I think people are really terrified. So yeah, I think there's a lot going on. Yeah, exactly. Um, it feels like, everyone has their own specific stress that is going on in their lives and everyone's situation is, is really different. And, you know, some of us are stressing about very, very different things to what maybe our neighbors are stressing about. But at the, at the end of the day, we are all scared together, um, which in a weird way is kind of, it's almost a good thing that at least everyone's in the same boat as each other. Um, but nonetheless, it's just very frightening times. Um, one thing I will say is that in her letter she did mention um you know uh, about feeling bombarded by the news which is something that i i also completely i just feel really overwhelmed by how much there is i feel like the news is just kind of slapping me around the face um 
And so what I am being really strict about is I pretty much avoid the news altogether, except for the daily briefing when the prime minister and his advisors come on and do their, their daily press conference. I watch that and, um, and otherwise I just completely don't look at the news because I can just feel as I'm scrolling the Guardian's live blog, which also doesn't help that it's all in red. Um, my just, I can just feel my blood pressure rising and kind of like my heart beating faster as my anxiety gets worse. And so, you know, anything, any information that you need will be delivered in those, through those official channels there. You're, you're not really doing yourself any favors by constantly looking at the news. I really like those briefings as in, I find them quite soothing. Mm. And also they remind me of the fact that we're basically in wartime. Um, and when me and Lara gather around the screen to watch our daily briefing, it makes, it reminds me that we're living through history. This is an extremely unusual situation. And so the normal rules don't apply. Whereas if you're just like scrolling, it's like stressful news. Does that like that just as a, as a distinction, but yeah, I'm with you. I watch those briefings and I don't, and I avoid the news because I do find it quite stressful. But saying that I don't, um, I'm still on social media quite a bit. So so I've actually been loving Instagram over this last week. It's been really crazy because I've, almost, I've basically fallen back in love with that platform. Um, Twitter, on the other hand, I'm just, I'm finding unbearable and I'm, I've, I'm, I've I actually deleted it off my phone um, and I'm trying really hard not to really look at it. Um, but Instagram, I'm absolutely loving because it's just, it's, uh, you know, it's so full of silliness and hope and people spreading generosity and and comfort to each other. Um, you know, I've been watching, all, you know, there are all these celebrities that I've been putting up free entertainment for us, basically. So Ellen, DeGener- Ellen DeGeneres has been making some hilarious IGTVs, like one where she's sort of pretending to read to kids and she's kind of reading from this book about how her massive house and it's anyway i'm butchering it but it's brilliant um brian may the guitarist from queen has been putting up tutorials on how to play the guitar riffs in bohemian rhapsody um there is just so much good stuff and even you know from people that um other people that i follow like there's um the journalist Sarah Manavis, who writes for the New Statesman, she has this absolutely amazing eyeliner that she sort of like signature eyeliner look. And she did a little IG live where she did a tutorial on how to do that, how to do her eyeliner. It's just, I don't know, it's just, there's such a sense of community and there's so much kind of, I don't know, I look at Instagram and I just feel really hopeful. Um, Whereas I look at Twitter and it just reminds me of people who are kind of stockpiling toilet paper and emptying out the shelves in Sainsbury's. So I'm just avoiding it and just sticking to Instagram. Yeah, I'm with you. I think Instagram is feeling so warm and lovable right now. And it's that creative constraints thing where if you're constrained creatively, often better ideas come out of it. So in a way people are creating this like really cool <laughs> content at this time. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm really enjoying um, all the Instagram lives as well. I know we're obviously jumped on that bandwagon, but I, I love it. It just feels really friendly and community. and, and, and we, Because for me, it shows that we're embracing the new normal and leaning into it. And, and, I, and I enjoy it, I think. Well, it also shows to me how people are willing to try something new. 
Yeah. So lots of people who maybe haven't done it. I mean, I've never, I've never done Instagram live before and we're doing, you know, we're, well, by the time this goes out, we've already done one. Um, and it just, you know, people are trying new things. People are experimenting with content and they're basically creating. Um, and that's something also kind of going back to the listener problem that we had and talking about productivity. The other thing to kind of um, bear in mind right now is, you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot on social media about like now is an amazing time to create, like, you know, start a new project, do, do this to create, create. And whilst I do agree with that, I mean, you know, we're still making our podcast and it is important to, to be creating, especially if you are a creative person at the same time, if you don't feel like creating, that's fine. There's lots of things that you can consume and you can soothe your soul that way. And then also it's absolutely fine to try something and it be imperfect. So, you know, it's not ideal how we're recording this episode. Um, you know, we can't see, we, we're used to sitting opposite each other and seeing each other as we record, which is, which we can't do right now. Um, I probably, I'm already thinking how we'll be listening back to this episode and it won't sound like our other episodes, but that's fine. We've felt, we felt the need to make this show because today, because we hope that it'll be helpful to others, but also it really helps. It's also helpful to ourselves. And yes, it might be imperfect, but that's fine right now. So I think also, you know, our standards of, um, in regards to productivity, basically I'm saying like lower your standards a bit during this time, because sometimes it's better to do than, you know, what, what the outcome might be. Yeah. I actually saw, um, Glennon Doyle do a Insta live where she was speaking to parents and she was like, lower your expectations of your parenting capabilities right now. Don't try and become a teacher while also holding a full-time job. She was like, I've trained as a teacher. That's a whole thing. You can't do both. Basically just put the TV on. (laughs) And I think that's uh, so true, whether or not you have kids, you have got to lower your expectations right now um, and adapt basically. Yeah. I mean, this is such a kind of test of our abilities to be vulnerable our abilities to kind of show compassion and be kind to each other and also to ourselves um so it's it's funny because um like one thing i've been leaning quite heavily on recently is um like any tools that are kind of come from either um like therapy based tools or also some things that have kind of come out of the sort of recovery world um, because these are like extraordinary circumstances and the kind of usual like, Oh, I'm just going to sort of meditate with my headspace app. Like these things are almost not cutting it right now. Um, And, you know, we need to kind of like step up our toolkit and our armor at the moment. Yeah. We're resilient creatures. We will you know adapt and get through this and i have lots of hope for what's to come in the future same here i mean <laughs> these are uncertain times but um one phrase that i've been i've been thinking about a lot recently is this too shall pass and i've i've been seeing it shared widely on social and i just keep reminding myself of it every day until it does pass anna have you got any practical tips to help us get through this uncertain time Um, Well, this is a show where we really love helping people and we love giving practical tips and advice. But, you know, 
none of us know what's going to happen. So it feels a bit, um, it just doesn't really feel right to kind of give practical tips. Uh, that being said, as I just mentioned, um, some of the tools that I have been finding helpful where I've, I've sort of stepped up my my armor, um, my sort of like well-being armor, is I've been leaning on, um, like I said, tools that kind of come from sort of sort of therapy based tools so one of them is the worry tree which i'll put a link to it in the show notes but basically the worry tree is a um it's kind it's kind of like a quiz to help you figure out whether the thing that you're worrying about is something that you can actually do something about or whether you can't um and that's been quite a helpful exercise i've been trying to do that every morning because you know lots of us are worrying about so many things right now and it's hard to unpick the things that we might be able to do something about and the things that we just can't because lots of things right now are out of our control so um that's been quite a helpful exercise um there's also a grounding exercise that i do that i find um really really effective i kind of i use this anyway whenever i feel overwhelmed and anxious but i've been using it a lot um it's called the five, four, three, two, one technique. And basically what you do is you um, focus on five things that you can see, four things that you can hear, three things that you can feel, two things that you can smell and one thing that you can taste. So basically you go through all the five senses. Um, and the and the point of the sort of aim of the exercise is to really bring you into the present moment because when we worry, we start, um, thinking like way and way into the future and we get really really stressed and sort of start spiraling but when you do this kind of exercise where you're thinking where you're sort of focusing on your senses it really grounds you in the present um, so yeah those are some of the some of the things that um, I've kind of been um, using or thinking about and then the other big one is um, so this this has its roots kind of this is sort of a kind of and I am not, I'm by no means religious at all. Um, I'm a firm atheist, but I've been reading the serenity prayer a lot, which uh, has been kind of like, it's most well known because of Alcoholics Anonymous. Um, and it's kind of used in lots of recovery programs. Um, but I will read it for you. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Uh, I think I personally think that anyone, regardless of their religious beliefs, can take something from those words. And um, I just saw it this morning because Brian May, who, by the way, his his Corona content has been amazing. Um, he posted it on his Instagram this morning and it was just a really, really good reminder. Um, it's essentially just about kind of learning what you can, you know, the things that you can do stuff about, do it. And if, and the things that you can't, you have to just accept them. I'm following him on Instagram right this second. Um, yeah, I mean, for me, uh, it, it really is one day at a time. It, it really is just focusing on the now and, um, and, thinking, and, and thinking in that way. And I find that quite manageable. And if it gets too much, I almost do it one hour at a time. Um, and I find that helpful. Well, we hope that this episode has brought you some comfort um, and we definitely feel better knowing that we're not alone in all of this. Um, so yes, our best wishes for a healthy and happy week ahead. 
You'll find us on Instagram, as discussed. Um, Anna is at Anna Cod. I'm at Tiff Philippou. So chat to us over there and we'll be doing some more bits and bobs, I reckon, to keep you going throughout the week, but sending you lots of love during these times. Bye. Bye.